It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done on your monday episode of locked on raptors the raptors go one and one against the sixers and hornets but who cares because the head coach is maybe on his way out we will dig into the many many rumors surrounding nick nurse his own comments about said rumors and more on today's episode of locked on raptors thanks so much for hanging oh like because when i shot i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopi. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 13. 72, I think, of Locked On Raptors for Monday, April the 3rd. Happy 
happy April, everybody. Uh, thanks for bearing with us for a couple of days off there. Turns out lots happened on Friday when we had no episode, so we will dig into that on today's show. I'm, of course, your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram. Just search up Locked on Raptors. Get clips, bonus content, mailbag prompts, all that good stuff over there on IG. You can also go to YouTube and subscribe to the podcast for free. Same as you can do at all the various podcast apps to go and support the show. It's so, so appreciated when you do that. So thank you for doing so. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% is a deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. On. All right, on today's show, as mentioned, we're going to talk about Nick Nurse and the uh, lots of stuff flying around him, rumors, reports, his own comments that have added fuel to the fire, all of that regarding the Toronto Raptors coach now of five years, perhaps in the dwindling days is the beginning of the end for Nick Nurse. We'll talk about that. We've also got takeaways from the weekend against the Sixers and the Hornets, one and one. They're still 39 and 39, still tied with the Atlanta Hawks who keep on winning and losing, winning and losing, and we shall see how it all plays out. We'll take a look at the playing mess and all that, good, bad, hmm, coming up later on. But let's begin with the big story from the weekend, and that is Nick Nurse. Of course, Friday, the piece comes out from Doug Smith over at the Toronto Star, digging into the potential that Nick Nurse might, 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 might be on his way out after this season, that maybe things aren't on the greatest of ground between Nick Nurse and the franchise, and all sorts of stuff. Then, of course, he's asked about it, or not even really directly asked about it. He was asked a question and then kind of turned it into, Nick Nurse did, uh, his sort of addressing of the situation on Friday before the game against the Sixers dug into why you know after 10 years with the franchise he might want to take a couple of weeks after the season just to sort of reflect and look back and I got no problem with that as a thing in general like you know you should be happy you should consider your big life decisions all of that stuff I don't think that's a bad thing for a coach to want to do after again 10 years with the same franchise and a, a tough couple of years you know the Tampa season was really rough on everybody this past season the current season that's going on has been one that's been wrought with all sorts of ups and downs Nick Nurse talked about set ups and downs in his presser as well uh, then he was asked again about it before the game on uh, Sunday against the Hornets and he shut it the hell down and said we're not talking about this anymore that's why I talked about it on Friday so now here we are the sort of big takeaway from this one for me is that this really does feel like it might be the beginning of the end for Nick Nurse I feel like as much as there's still some reflection to be done, there's been no committal on either end for from the Raptors or from Nick Nurse as to what his future is going to be. He still was under contract with the Raptors next season, but this feels like the type of thing, you know, the reporting, we don't know exactly where all the stuff came from in Doug Smith's piece. He's obviously well-sourced. He's plugged into the team. He's getting it from somewhere. And I feel like this stuff doesn't come out. The rumors about Nick Nurse's potential future, Nick Nurse's own comments about his future, his honesty, his candor when he was asked about it, this stuff doesn't come out if there's just, like, nothing going on. There's clearly some smoke where the fire, some fire where there is the smoke, and it does feel like this is the sort of behavior of a dude who's maybe on his way out. And I guess the big thing for me is... Why now? Why is the timing of this, like, the last week of the season, you're going into the play-in, you're trying to salvage something from this season, 
He's talked about the value of getting playoff experience for guys like Scotty Barnes and everyone else in the roster. And he says he's focused on the season. He says he's focused on this, you know, making it as long as possible, getting as deep as they can. But the actions of having this all out there and then entertaining it and addressing it, he could have shut it down on Friday. He could have said, I'm not talking about that. That's nothing to do with me. That's rumors. That's reporting. That's not, you know, I'm not worried about that right now. But he didn't. And so it leaves us sitting there like, what the hell is going on here? You have a coach who is maybe sort of in the early days of, you know, massaging a move out of town. You've got the team pushing for something here. And it just feels like some strange messaging. And the strangeness of the timing does make it feel like this might be the last couple weeks that we see Nick Nurse as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, I've talked all season about Nick Nurse. I'm of mixed feelings on Nick Nurse right now. I think, objectively, very good basketball coach. He is really good at adjustments and figuring out how to milk the most he can out of what he's got on a roster. He's going to get scooped up immediately. There's the rumors of the Houston Rockets interest in the Doug Smith piece. You know, sure, why not? Go, go and make that team good and teach him how to play defense and all that stuff. He'll probably lose his mind trying to coach that team on how to play defense but you know he's got ties to the Rio Grande Vipers and the Rockets organization and after 10 years with a pretty successful sustainable franchise maybe there's a, a challenge kind of baked in there that he wants to put it under himself through or whatever hey that's fine if he wants to go to Houston that's cool but with all of this it's it comes down to the question of is this a good thing for the Raptors if Nick Nurse is no longer the coach and ultimately I think I've come around to it being fine if Nick Nurse and the Raptors kind of part ways mutually or otherwise this offseason. And it's mostly just because change for the sake of change can maybe be a thing that's good sometimes. And I know that's tough, right? Like, you have a really good coach. It's not always greener on the other side. All of that. You're, there's no guarantee you're going to get someone who's as good as Nick Nurse. All coaches are inherently flawed or have their own sort of built-in biases philosophically or whatever you want. Like, th th you're never going to hire a perfect basketball coach. And there's a chance you hire a much worse basketball coach than Nick Nurse coming in. We'll get into one of those potential options in a second. But... To me, it just kind of feels like all season long, there's been noise. There's been agitation about who's happy, who's not happy. There's been agitation about role definition and whose team is it, all of this stuff. Maybe the way to kind of keep things running smoothly going forward is to just change the voice at the top, change the messaging, change the philosophy, change the way the team plays. And I think the way the team has played of late almost makes it even more maybe not ideal, but certainly more acceptable, more palatable to think that maybe just changing the coach out is what this team needs. The starting five has been awesome. We're going to talk more about the starting five and some, you know, really positive signs there that we've seen. They continue to be very, very, very good. One of the best lineups in the league since the, since the trade deadline. They've been awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Like, <laughs> it's been really, really refreshing to see them play real normal basketball. And sure, Nick Nurse has had a hand in making that lineup play the way it has, but I also wonder if maybe anyone could coach that lineup to be pretty good and like maybe there's even more to milk out of it with some uh, sort of differential, you know, offensive eyes. You get, get a new set of eyes on it offensively and maybe you can sort of milk even more out of what that group's been doing. It just feels like it's time. It might just be time. This is what happened with Dwayne Casey too, right? Like there was no reason to necessarily move on from Dwayne Casey performance-wise. He was really good, but the, just that team had kind of reached this breaking point, and it felt like the move. And this is always the thing, right? The coach is always going to be first to go. 
And considering how well the players have played of late and how well it seems to, in theory, make sense, especially if Scotty Barnes is going to do some of the stuff he's done of late going forward, then maybe the coach is the guy you swap out to just sort of change the energy, change the vibe of the room, and maybe get everybody back on the same page. We talked with Katie on Friday or Thursday about how you know, chemistry and cohesiveness and having everyone kind of on the same wavelength might be one of the differentiating factors between being a mid team, being a good team in today's NBA, where everybody's talented, everybody's good. How do you find those margins? And maybe just a fresh set of eyes, a fresh voice in the locker room is what you need to kind of get everyone pulling in the same direction because they've certainly not been pulling in the same direction for the lion's share of this Raptors season. Been a little better of late, I would say, for sure, but that's been a big issue over the course of the season. The timing is stinky. I don't like that Nick Nurse, you know, it kind of went off and decided to, you know, address the stuff. Again, he could have just shut it all down on Friday and said, we'll talk about it later. I'm not talking about a report as much as it's from Doug Smith, one of the most notable guys covering the team. He was under no obligation to go deep on it, and he did. And it just, it feels weird and wonky, and the team is very much on, like, unstable, uncertain ground. I don't think it changes much for this season, necessarily. I think it really is about... Um, you know, the, the sort of long-term health. I think they can go and do what they want to do this year. There's four games left in the regular season. Play in, maybe win a game or two in the first round of the playoffs against Boston or Milwaukee if you can get there. That was always going to be the outcome here anyway. So I don't think the ceiling of this team or the floor is tangibly changed all that much with what's going on with Nick Nurse. But I do think the offseason has the potential to be very flammable. And that leads me to Ime Odoka, who has been rumored as one of the guys the Raptors might look at to potentially hire to be Nick Nurse's replacement. Of course, they interviewed Odoka back in 2018 when they hired Nick Nurse. He's someone who obviously had a lot of success with Boston last year. But for me, this just feels like... Why? Why Ime Odoka? And look, I may have been getting prematurely upset and pissed off about this just because... Nothing's happened. It's just one report. There's nothing concrete. There could be a million different guys that get hired. But that's kind of the point. Ime Odoka was suspended by the Boston Celtics, a team that was the favorite to win the championship coming into this season for a year. Whatever he did, the information is scattered. The reporting from the national insiders on that story was despicably bad, just pathetic. And so it's left us all just kind of guessing and wondering what actually happened within the Celtics. We know that Ime Odoka was in a relationship with someone who was at a lower rung of the ladder of leadership in the organization. That's a power dynamic issue, number one. And he was suspended for a year, regardless of you know what he did, what he didn't. He, it was deemed serious enough to suspend him for a year. And... Even if you think the Raptors can go and do their due diligence, which Doug Smith noted in the piece, you know, you should trust them to do their due diligence. I don't actually agree with that because they did their due diligence. They said they did when they brought in Rodion's Kuruks or when they had Terrence Davis on the team. And that just, it's just a thing you say. You have to say that you've done your due diligence. There's no proof. You don't have to show your work. You just show the end of the long division. You don't have to show all the things that got you to it. It's like, oh, it's fine. We signed him. There's the answer. That's not enough i'm sorry it's just not enough and to me there are like dozens hundreds of potential coaches you could hire to replace nick nurse a couple on your own bench earl watson to me stands out as like why not hire that guy a totally different vibe a guy the players respect a guy who got a lot of love in phoenix and was let go by a robert sarver regime down there and a lot of the players were pissed off when that happened 
he deserves another shot. He could be a good coach for you. There are tons of other guys out there and women out there, obviously, that you could go and hire for this job to bring in Ime Odoka to what is already a flammable situation. Why you would then bring in a guy who's just covered in kerosene of his own doing? He's poured it on top of him all over himself on his own accord. That, to me, just feels like an unforced error that the Raptors really, really, really got to try to not make. I don't really care how good a coach Ime Odoka is. He did a very good job with the Celtics. That was also a super talented team. And to me, I would rather just someone who you don't have to worry about all of the other stuff that comes with it, not to mention the moral stuff that comes with it. And the Raptors, if they were to hire him, this the message that signals to the women within, within the organization, to uh, people who follow the team, who, who care about watching a team that actually kind of does the right things and, and walks the walk after talking the talk, which the Raptors do all the time. I just don't see it with Ime Odoka. There are a lot of different sort of factors here, but to me, just the the fact that he was suspended for a year by the Celtics makes it so there is no need to go down that road. There are, again, hundreds of other people you could go and interview for this job, some of whom are on your own bench. Why would you go, again, you have an offseason with three pending UFAs. You have guys who could get traded this offseason if things go certain ways. You have a rising star in Scotty Barnes who you don't want to piss off, who you want to ensure is happy, who you want to ensure you're building something around. Why would you then go and invite in just the massive specter of Ime Udoka right now? We all clowned the Nets for thinking about doing it halfway through this season. The Raptors will deservedly get clowned as well if that's their response to letting go of Nick Nurse. There are other coaches out there. That's kind of my piece on it for now. We'll track this, of course. We'll probably talk about it in more depth throughout the week as well as things come up. But it uh, doesn't sound like Nick Nurse is going to talk about it anymore. So we can kind of leave it there. It's just, it's weird, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird time to be following the ins and outs of this team because uh I, I frankly have no idea what to expect we could see nick nurse back next season we could see him gone uh, i wouldn't be surprised by any outcomes here but uh it's certainly troublesome that nick nurse is uh you know kind of the, the, it's it's brought this whole in you know introduction of uncertainty into the team at a time where there's plenty of uncertainty already to go around we didn't need more on our plate we already were loaded up with that um, some certainty, some positivity, some happy, good vibes going forward would have been lovely. But nope, it's just more of what the hell comes next for this team. We will keep an eye on it, of course. We're going to come back on the other side, get into the games over the weekend, and in particular, what Scotty Barnes did against the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, in a losing effort. Yes, the team mostly played pretty poorly in that one. Uh, but we'll talk about Scotty Barnes. We'll talk about some positive signs when it comes to the Raptors scoring in the most important area of the floor. We'll get to that in just one sec. Before we do that, however... Got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who have made daily fantasy sports fun, easy, super, super engaging, and very, very accessible. You might be like me. You hate the season-long grind. You're right now. You're wishing you were in the fantasy playoffs. Maybe your team lost because you forgot to set all your lineups, and now you're in the last week of the fantasy playoffs, and you're not having any fun because you're not getting to watch it. But you can do daily fantasy sports for this final week of the NBA season and get in on the action and maybe just retire from the season-long grind for good. With prize picks, you can pick two to six players, and whether they're going to go more or less than their prize picks projection in a given stat, it's that easy. If you get them all right, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry there's no competing against other people it's just you against the projections and it's for every sport under the sun you got men's and women's sports on the college and professional sides you've got racing you've got tennis you've got mma you've got boxing it's all down the line 
Go check it out with prize picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They're safe and fast withdrawals as well, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada and every province but Ontario at the moment. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, prize picks are just going to throw 100 bucks into that account for you to hang out with your original 100. That is a great deal. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on, all one word, at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Digging into the Toronto Raptors weekend, one and one against the Sixers and the Hornets. And look, we're at the point now, we've learned a lot about this team. We kind of know the deal. There's not a ton of new stuff to be taking away. Obviously, it was nice to see them play against a really good opponent in the Sixers. They haven't played a ton of like fully healthy, good opponents. And look, not the best performance that second quarter, a total nightmare. However, Scotty Barnes continues to look very, very good. Uh, 29-8-9 in that game against the Sixers on Friday. And we've seen these recent flashes, right? We saw it against the Heat where he was incredible, like totally, totally incredible in that game. We've seen... Uh, you know, throughout the season, various little pops of, oh, there's Scotty Barnes. There's a Scotty we want to see. It hasn't been enough. Obviously, there have been the fourth quarters that have been the sort of thing for him and a lot of waxing and waning of effort and energy and attentiveness and all of that. But I do think we're seeing Scotty Barnes kind of refine things here of late. The defense is looking much better as well, which has been great to see. He had the four steals against the Sixers, but just anecdotally as like a help defender, as a guy busting stuff up with his length, that's been fun. That's like that's tangibly improved from the start of the season to the end of the year. He's a guy who improves. He's a guy who learns and processes stuff and then improves for next time. He's a very good basketball player, and he is really just as smart as it comes, it seems, as well. When he applies that knowledge, he's really, really tough to hang with for anybody, including the Sixers with Joel Embiid. Um, and yeah, I, I, the recent flash has been really nice. Another takeaway for me is that you know, I think Scotty Barnes is a big reason for this, but the Raptors are starting to really thrive around the rim. And this was a thing I talked about after the Yakupertal trade of, hey, not a ton of three-point shooting on this team. This team is going to have to absolutely munch in the restricted area, in the paint. They're going to have to be really, really good there in order to have a shot mathematically against these other teams. And if they can really, really hammer that area of the floor, be one of the best teams around the rim in the league, that might be able to offset their lack of three-point shooting enough combined combined with a better defense to really turn this team into something worth caring about, worth really buying into. And the rim scoring has been a big part of that of late, and it's really, really been on the uptick, and Scotty Barnes has been a big part of that. Since the Yakup Pirtle trade, 72% of Scotty Barnes' shots are coming either at the rim or from short mid-range. That's up from 68% before the deal. The big difference, though, is that before, he was shooting 64% at the rim, 33rd percentile in the league. Since then, he's shooting 73% at the rim, 90th percentile. That's big. That's a massive jump, 9 percentage points. That's huge for a guy who gets to the rim a ton. He, again, 
72% of his shots are coming inside like that eight foot range from the short mid range or from at the rim. He's gone down a little bit accuracy wise from the short mid range since the trade, but he's up from long mid range, all that. Um, we've seen the confidence in the mid range jumper, those baseline turnarounds, all that stuff. These are added little elements to his game. It's all really nice to see, but the big thing is scoring at the rim and his two point shooting, which was a real, real problem for him earlier on in the season. I talked about it at length. Um, you combine that with Jakob Pertl being really good scoring at the rim. Uh, you combine that with Pascal Siakam having a career best rim shooting season at 72%, just below that 73% that Scotty's at in the 90th percentile. Uh, since the Jakob Pertl trade, Pascal's been doing it all season long, around 72% start to finish from the rim. That's great. Uh, and you're starting to see that the numbers are creeping up as far as where the Raptors are from around the rim as as it relates to the whole league. Since the Acapurtle trade, the Raptors are 8th in the league in rim field goal percentage. That's up from 20th in the games uh, before the trade. It's nearly a 3 percentage point uptick. They were 19 of 30 at the rim against the Sixers. They went 8 of 15 on non-restricted area paint shots as well. And then you go 35 of 52 against the Hornets. And yes, the Hornets were missing a lot of guys, but they have been a good defensive late. They've been trying very hard. Mark Williams is a good rim protector. They absolutely bludgeoned them on the inside. 15 of 30, sorry, 35 of 52 again. And then 10 of 16 on non-restricted area paint shots as well. That's what you want to see. And I think as they can kind of continue to get these guys those looks in close, that could be a huge thing that kind of brings up the whole level of the Raptors offense. Just by really living at the rim and living there efficiently and accurately. I think that's a, a potential huge, huge change to the way this team plays. And look, I mean, it's that's just going to help increase what's already been a really effective group, right? The starters, I think it's pretty clear. This lineup makes a ton of sense. This is a good lineup. This is a good group of players to kind of build your team around going forward. You can really use this as a foundation for something. And as it stands, the starters stay humming along. They are now at 20 of the 29 lineups in the NBA with more than 250 minutes played. Somehow the Raptors are already there with that lineup. They're like 14 games. I think the next lowest number of games played by one of the top lineups in this group is like uh, 22, 25, something like that. Uh, they've, they've gotten there very quickly. But again, in 29 of the 29 lineups with 250 minutes played in the NBA per NBA.com, the only ones better than the Raptors are the Warriors starters, who are horrifying, at a plus 21.9, the Nuggets starters at a plus 14.3, and the Wolves starters from the Cat absence. So no Carl Anthony Towns. I think you throw Kyle Anderson in there. That lineup was a plus 12.9. The Raptors are a plus 12.7. That's a good starting five. And I think it's only going to get better as they continue to really sort of hone in on living at the rim and, and, and scoring in close and, and taking advantage of the gifts of Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, Yaka Pirtle, three guys who can get their looks around the rim in all sorts of different ways. That's been a great, that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend for sure. You know, Scotty looking great, but the Raptors just living around the rim. That is going to be huge for them as they look to overcome their shooting deficiencies. But maybe the shooting deficiencies aren't all that bad because OG Ananobi's out there just bombing in 19,000 threes a game. Um, he's hurt though. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other stuff coming up in the other side on the good, the bad, and the hmm, the last part of the show here as we recap the weekend that was. Before we do that, however, i got to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. We're making the best tasting protein bars in the world, and the Built March Madness bracket is winding down to the final four uh, just as the championship game is tonight in, in the... 
March Madness tournament over on the, the men's side. The women, of course, wrapping up yesterday. But the built March Madness, that's the real thing you got to be worried about. Go right now and go vote for your favorite players, which are in the final four. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of built bars. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to built uh, to built to have built's best bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door that's incredible you got to go do it all you got to do is vote there's nothing to it it's free just go to built.com vote on the march madness bracket and while you're there you can also go and pick yourself up a box of bars as well run to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite bar or puff pick up a box you can vote every day in the lead up to the end of the tournament so hop in and support your pick The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's round up the show. The final segment here, the good, the bad, and the hmm from the weekend that was the good for me in this one. It's just, you know, the win over Charlotte I thought was very professional. That Hornets team was not good. They did not roll out a very good lineup. None of their good players necessarily. Um, You know, shout out to Mark Williams. Shout out to uh, Theo Maladon, I guess. Like, Sfima Hailuk revenge game. Great for him. Uh, We don't got to do the, oh my god, how do the Raptors let this guy go thing with him. Certainly not. It's Svima Hailuk. He uh, has never been a good three-point shooter. Good for him on having one good game. Um, I guess we should have expected that revenge game. But nonetheless, I I thought this was a comfortable win. The third quarter, yeah, the defense got a little hairy, slipped a little bit, kind of took the foot off the gas. But guess what? When you control a game and keep the other teams at arm's length, it allows you to take your foot off the gas for some stretches. And the Raptors did that just fine. And obviously couple great things in this one you get the 36 7 and 7 from pascal siakam super deadly efficient really really good in this game we've seen the jumper kind of come back a little bit lately uh the heat game that was a big one obviously not ideal in the sixers game he didn't have himself the best night but a really nice bounce back against charlotte he always punks charlotte that's great and of course the bigger thing 20 assists for Fred Van Vliet, breaking a franchise record that feels like it's been under a lot of threat in recent seasons. Pretty cool that he now holds both the scoring and assist records for the Raptors. Who'd have thunk that when he came into the league as an undrafted free agent uh, and was playing G League minutes and bench minutes early on? Really, really cool stuff for Fred. Um, Speaks to his playmaking. I mean, we've seen it, man. He's full point guard mode these days. Setting dudes up, he has been uh, deadly uh, in that pick and roll operation with Yak, finding you know Pascal on sealouts, things like that. That's how he got the the record assist. I think he just kind of dropped in a beautiful entry pass to Pascal Siakam. It was very easy, didn't have to be complex. But uh, Fred can make the easy plays. He can make the tough plays. He's a very good playmaker, and uh, I think has very much played himself into the plans of this team going forward. I would be pretty surprised if he's not back, considering how he's performed since Yakup Pertle arrived. That's my good. The bad. OG Ananobi rolling his ankle because, man, he's a lot of fun to watch play ball right now, and I want to watch more OG Ananobi playing ball 
Uh, turns out mild, mild, quote unquote, uh, ankle sprain for OG. We'll see about his status for the game against the Hornets tomorrow or against Boston on Wednesday. Uh, obviously, it will be much better to have him in the lineup than not. And you're in a tough tiebreaker laden battle right now with the Hawks and the Bulls. Every game is going to count. Um, you know, you don't want to see OG rest necessarily against the Hornets in the interest of playing on Wednesday because that can make you more prone to losing to the Hornets. It's tough stuff. Um, either way, OG, I mean, he's been. Really, really good, and I think has sufficiently made me look like a big dum-dum for thinking they should have traded him at the deadline. Um, you know, there were reasons for it, obviously. There were definitely reasons for it, and had another team come out of the woodwork with a big, massive offer, I think you would have to look long and hard at it, still as like a an asset play, but ultimately... He's been really, really excellent since the trade, and part of the fact-finding mission of the last 26 games post-Yak trade was, hey... Where did all these guys fit in? As it turns out, OG fits in wonderfully. His role feels like it's been expanded. He's been asked to do more. He's working in pull-ups in. He's playing with bench units as a core pillar in those staggering units. Um, you know, th- to me, the the role that OG has kind of taken upon here is perfect OG. Hopefully, he's satiated by it as well. That would be lovely. And then, you know, more stuff over the weekend as well tied to OG. The CBA news coming down, that they've locked in a new CBA for the rest of the decade, essentially, with one opt-out near the end of the, of the decade. But one of the wrinkles in there is to do with extensions. And maybe you could count this as a bad, maybe it's a good. I don't really know how to sort this one out just yet. But with the CBA changes in particular as it relates to extensions, the conundrum the Raptors have been in with OG. This is also a thing with Jalen Brown and the Boston Celtics, a couple other other teams as well. But you can't sign an extension and offer more than a 120% raise on your salary per the current rules. The new CBA rules are going to allow for a 140% increase on the salary on an extension. That is potentially big for the Raptors here as it pertains to OG this summer if they want to try to try to sign him to an extension. Problem is, it might not quite be enough. Eric Kareen pointed this out, uh, sort of did the math on it. So per Eric, over the weekend, he posted, uh, you're looking at about $26.1 million as the starting salary on OG for an extension offer up from the $22.4 million it would have been under the previous CBA rules. That might not get it done, but maybe it does. $26.1 million is a starting salary, so that's the lowest salary he'd have over the course of the four or five years of his deal. There will be annual increases baked in as, as per usual with these deals. Um, it's tough. I don't know if that's like on its surface enough for OG, considering the way he's played, but at the same time, He's been a guy who suffered a lot of injuries in his career. Maybe the the prospect of locking in north of a hundred million bucks will be. Maybe he's amenable to that. I, it's hard to say. Um, you know, I, I think we'll probably get a pretty good answer this summer. If if there's no extension signed this summer, then that number is not going to be enough, obviously. But um, if they can lock him in this summer, that's huge, huge business for the team, no doubt. Um, but that's uh, that's something to watch for sure. And a- either way. The way OG's played, I think he's got to be part of whatever this team is, and they got to figure out a way to keep him around. And yeah, I, I again, eating all of the crow. I'm still eating. There's leftover crow in my freezer that I'm eating from the OG trade stuff before the deadline. Clearly, he fits on this team very well with Yaka Pertle, the way they've kind of simplified the hierarchy, taken away the competition for, for high-volume looks between him and Gary Trent Jr., with Trent being, well, injured now, but on the bench for the most part. Um, you know, this was what these 26 games were about. More than anything else was figuring out what 
was the path forward? Who were the guys you can stick with? And I think OG's pretty comfortably declared, yeah, I'm one of those guys. Keep me and pay me lots of money as well. Uh, let's get to the play-in race update, shall we? It is a mess. Uh, <laughs> that is the hmm for today's episode. And just, uh, hmm, I wonder how the hell this is going to turn out. It's hard to say. The Hawks are... Again, I don't think they're very good, but they keep on winning one of every two games. They barely survive against the the Mavericks in overtime yesterday. The Raptors don't have the tiebreaker against them. That hurts. They have the tiebreaker over the Bulls. The Bulls are one game back in the loss column. The big thing is the Hawks and Bulls play tomorrow. And I think you should be rooting for the Bulls in that one. Obviously, you still have the one-game edge on the Bulls. You also have the tiebreaker on the Bulls. So if you can get the Hawks down to 40 losses with that game, Man, that would be massive. That you know, a Raptors win tomorrow and a Hawks loss puts the Raptors in sole possession of eighth, a game ahead, uh, and that could be massive. You know, the Raptors are going to have to win these games down the stretch. Like they're going to have to win, I think, at least three or four uh, against the Hornets, Celtics, and Bucks. And you know, the Bucks are probably going to be sorted out with the top seed by the time they play on Sunday. The Celtics, I would guess. Maybe not by Wednesday, but by the second game of the two, I would imagine the Celtics are locked into the second seed as well. So maybe you get a, a, a lucky break and you get them resting and you get to play against you know the, the B team. But um, either way, like lots to play for, lots up for grabs here. The Bucks are going to be heavily involved. I believe they also play the Hawks or they play the Bulls. Um, it's uh, it's loaded. Obviously, the eighth seed is massive. It's absolutely critical. Such a difference. The nine ten game losing your out if seven eight game lose and hey you got another shot and hey you get to host that other shot such a massive difference and uh you know i think as of my last check the raptors were slight favorites to get the eighth seed it's going to change wildly after that hawks bulls game tomorrow we'll see but i think for me more than anything else i know it's been kind of a, a grim season i know the the nick nurse stuff is like this big cloud hanging over a big guitar playing cloud hanging over the uh the team right now and that has maybe soiled the vibes a little bit. Ultimately, I'm choosing to enjoy whatever we got left in this season. Four regular season games playing, whatever the playoffs might bring. I'm choosing to have fun with it because, look, this team, as much as it's been a disappointing season, I don't think is nearly the gigantic bummer failure that it's been painted to be. Look at the other teams in the league. They're in the same boat as a whole lot of other squads in a league where there's balance, there's parity. And there's a lot to, to lean on here. You know, the Raptors right now, don't look now, but they're flirting with top 10 in both offense and defense somehow. I, I, I don't really get it, but as it stands right now, your Toronto Raptors are the 11th best offensive league, 0.1 points behind the 10th place Brooklyn Nets. There's a chance they catch them there. On defense, they are the number 12 defense in the league, half a point out of ninth. Like, this could finish as a top 10 in offense and defense team, despite all the stuff that's gone on. And I think that's pretty reasonable as far as like stuff to build on, stuff to feel good about going into next season. And I, I still think there are fun things about this team. Scotty Barnes does his thing. Pascal Siaka, when he's on, is amazing. Fred Van Vliet, Jakob Pertl, that duo has been a delight. OG's doing his thing. Gary Trent Jr. has been a really fun bench piece more often than not when he's come off the bench. Like There's stuff here to like stuff to root for and I'm choosing to kind of block out all the negativity of this season and just enjoy what we have left here because this is what it's about high leverage games where the results actually matter and change how things are set up in the standings change seating positions all of that stuff like this is fun this is what we do this for single elimination games next week that's 
bananas. I'm so excited for single elimination basketball, even if I'm going to puke while it happens. But this team, as much as it's been a massive, massive disappointment, has done enough, I think. They're 16-10 and 10 since the start of February. You can't argue with that. Like They've been a better basketball team. They've turned things around from where it was at the peak, sort of, I guess not the peak, the nadir of this season, that where things were at their worst, they've completely flipped it on its head. They have been pretty rock solid, and I think there's enough here to get pretty juiced about what's coming down the line to close the season. Um, maybe you disagree. Maybe the plane is not exciting to you. Maybe you wish they were falling into the Wembenyama zone. Guess what? They were never going to fall all the way into the Wembenyama zone anyway. But um, yeah, I, I think I would advise trying to enjoy this. I mean, we don't know. This could be the end of the Pascal Siakam era. Like, I don't think it's likely that he gets traded this summer, but it's on the table for sure. It, it could happen. And, you know, enjoy what you have left with Pascal Siakam if this is it. Same with Fred Van Vliet. Gary Trent Jr. if he comes back. Uh, pending free agents. We don't know for sure what's going on. I would bet they're both back, but like no guarantees by any means. This could be the end of the Nick Nurse era. Maybe you love Nick Nurse. Maybe you're a Nick Nurse stan and you love everything he does. You can't get enough of him crouching on the sidelines and berating officials. Uh, this is the last time to soak that up as well. Try to do it. I don't know, man. It's uh, It's been a weirdly toxic, noxious season to cover and follow the team and kind of talk about it in public. Um, I'm choosing to have a good time with these last couple weeks, and I hope you do too. We will be having a good time on this pod here between now and the end of the season, of course, then through the offseason, as we always are. But in the meantime, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Back again tomorrow. Still TBD on what tomorrow's topic will be. Might dig into Nick Nurse a little bit deeper, um, but either way, I'm sure we'll talk plenty about Nick Nurse in the coming weeks. We've got a couple of games to break down as well. Hornets and Celtics. Maybe we'll check in with a couple of the play-in bound teams as well to see how things are shaken before next week. Either way, thank you so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you again on Tuesday another episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.